Today, as you know, is the beginning of Lent. When we hear the first cry, Advent, that was a test. <laughs> Thank you. It says Advent right there. I'm way ahead of myself. Okay, today is the beginning of Advent. When we hear the first cry of this new liturgical year, keep awake. Be sure you are ready. Be prepared. You never know when the Lord will be coming at an unexpected hour. It reminds me a little of the game of hide-and-seek that we might have played as a child. As the seeker, you hide your eyes and count to ten. At the end of the counting, you shout, ready or not, here I come. It was a way of giving a warning to the hiders that they'd better be ready in their hiding places or else you would find them pretty straight away. This is a season that competes for our time and attention. Special musical concerts or performances, planning and the anticipation of fun gatherings with family and friends, baking those special holiday treats and connecting with traditional customs in our families, getting out the holiday decorations. You haven't started yet, you still have time. The special community activities and the poignant remembering and reminiscing of memories of those we have loved and lost. These are all very meaningful and uplifting things for the most part. However, it might feel like one more thing to have to squeeze into an already overloaded schedule to hear that call from God. Ready or not, here I come. Are you all set for me? One more thing to feel guilty about not being able to squeeze in perfectly. Rather than trying to keep the sacred and the secular as two distinct experiences, I wonder if there isn't a way to hold them together, overlaying the real world we live in with the grace and wonder of this sacred season. After all, God does not wait for Black Friday to be concluded before asking us, can you hear me now? Are you ready now? Might the practice of being awake and ready for God be something that we could stretch out over the entire year? Can we stay awake and alert in the midst of the secular to find the ways in which God is always beckoning and always breaking into our world? Mary Luti, a pastor in the United Church of Christ, suggests that our Christmas experience is not made up of two worlds that collide every year at this time. One being thought of as bad and very commercial and generally oblivious to the spiritual reason for this season, and the other world being that of Jesus being born with no fuss, no muss, with angels singing delightfully overhead, and nary cash registers heard ringing in the land. She says that second world doesn't exist. We only have one world, the world we live in. The one in which God finds us and loves us because of our longing for something beyond ourselves. Jesus never asked us not to be human. Jesus became human and came into the chaos of our world to show us how to navigate our way through it using love and compassion as our touchstones. 
It is the joining together of the darkness and the light in this world that provides the evidence of the extraordinary work of God. Darkness and light are two sides of the same coin. In our world, night and day glide into each other, and each one brings its own gifts as well as challenges. And even our own lives embody darkness as well as light. That is an essential part of our human condition we cannot avoid. The light part is not too hard to understand or accept. Those are the things in which we thrive and do so well, and experience a sense of well-being and even pride in ourselves. We might even get praise and recognition from others for things that we do and who we have become. It feels good. But the darkness, that's a different subject that we might not want to look at very closely. That is the part of our personal stories that are the most difficult to accept. The failures, hurts, anger, things that we're not proud of, or things that are too painful to even acknowledge. Our colleague today says, Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. My experience has taught me, however, that just casting away those places of darkness does not truly make them disappear. They remain part of us and sometimes get expressed as bitterness, cynicism, and sarcasm. Wherever there is sarcasm and bitterness, there is probably a story that is deeply painful and personal and unresolved. Casting out works of darkness does not mean we just forget about those stories, for they will not be forgotten. They travel with us until the day comes when we stop and realize that those parts of our story will not go away easily, but actually need to be embraced and owned in the light as part of the bigger story of our lives. Until we own them, we cannot fully live into the love that God has intended for us. And as Pastor Luti said in the above quote, Jesus never asked us not to be human. Jesus became human and came into the chaos of the world to show us how to navigate our way through it using love and compassion as our touchstones. <clears throat> Both our shadow sides and the sides filled with our goodness are beloved by God and are part of learning how to walk in God's ways. <clears throat> A number of years ago, I was doing some personal work on the reason I had left the church, clergy, God, all of it, far behind me, and had moved out of my life for over 23 years. In time, I made a discovery. The darkness that I had carried for so long, and that came out in bitterness, cynicism, and sarcasm, every time the subject of church, faith, clergy, and spirituality came up, was really my story waiting for me to own it. The things that had happened and the things that had not happened were my story. They would always be my story. And the more I tried to walk away from it and forget it, the more it haunted me. It came out as cynicism and sarcasm, 
Eventually, after a lot of personal work, I realized I needed to wrap my heart and mind around my story and own it. <clears throat> and it took a long time to even want to own it. But it would always be mine. It was unique to me. I could not change it. But I could change its power. By owning my story and accepting it, I could hold the darkness and the light together and let God do with it whatever God had in mind. I tell this little personal piece because this congregation also has a story that is hard for some to own. If you are new here, that is a blessing beyond compare to us. And we are so glad you're here at this time of renewal. It is a good time to be here. But over the past five or six years, this congregation has had a tough slog through what it has been moving, through, through which it has been moving now with great grace and hope in the future. There has been a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of shattered hopes, a lot of darkness. What do we do with this? To begin with, we own it. We own our story. We wrap our hearts around it and acknowledge that it is our story. Its value is that it has brought us to this new day. Its teachings, no matter how hard they are, are treasures to honor. For those are the lessons we must not forget, but be shaped by them instead. Author and priest Herbert O'Driscoll describes the human life as being like the floor of a forest. Light and darkness are dappled everywhere. Sometimes there are brilliant clearings of brilliant light, and sometimes great groves of darkness and deep shadow. But it's important to realize that the forest is a single living form. The light and the darkness are both part of one thing, the forest. Likewise, he continues, mysteriously, my light and my darkness is one. I'm not two beings, one wonderfully full of light, the other a rather horrible pool of darkness. In fact, my wholeness as a human being depends on my bringing my whole self before God and offering its light and its darkness. Then I find wonderful things can begin to happen. Reconciliation can take place. Creativity can begin to flow. I begin to discover the glorious, liberating, and energizing truth that God can use both my light and my darkness, embracing both courageously. For, as Paul says in the Romans, you know what time it is. Here it is now, the moment for you to wake from sleep let us then lay aside the works of darkness. Let us own them and surrender them and put on the armor of light. Let us prepare ourselves to live as God's dream would have us live, with boldness and daring. Advent is a time for pilgrimage of the heart. It is not for tourists, but for seekers, trusting in a journey that unfolds with all its scary unknowns and all its unanswered questions. Be wakeful, watchful, 
aware that God moves in and through the lives of human beings as naturally and easily as life-giving water moves down a dry riverbed, weaving around all obstacles in its path, bathing, cleansing, and restoring them as it goes, enveloping the works of darkness to bring them into the light. During this time of year, when the daylight dwindles and the hours of the darkness noticeably lengthen, may this simple act of lighting yet one more candle each week on this Advent wreath serve as a humble reminder that hope lives in the light in spite of the darkness. And that light blesses all in the midst of despair. It is a reminder that sacred embodied love that was cradled humbly in a young mother's arms, cracked open at the very gates of death. A reminder that the light of God that comes to live as one of us is not overcome by a world filled with many kinds of darknesses. The light is always coming into the world. Jesus is always arriving, one transformed heart at a time. We have that light within us, and it will not be extinguished.